swords with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads where bandits are. Catacombs and giant doors protect the chest and stores from legendary items with the dragon bones and iron It's ore. a grand theft of Elder Scrolls, Simon's quest with Toe and Earl, rock shoes to every clue, Easter eggs and gaming news, the POTUS need some bad dudes to crash crew like Bandicoot, all shit and gaming and glitch control issues. Control Issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A-Dub. You can find us at control-issues.com. That dash is a hyphen, not a word. Also, go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for Control Issues. Download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it. We also have a presence on Spotify. So pop on over there see what's happening and then um go to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure lastly head on over to x my control x. issues is to handle nick fan x and then yeah just uh shoot us shoot us a kind word a message uh an update a to-do list uh you know well wishes uh salutations at Control issues pod at gmail.com. AMC, how you living? Been living well, A dub. We are we were like two weeks into January, into mm-hmm. the new year. New year, new me. Nah. Uh yeah, I just enjoying uh, it. Enjoying this uh MLK MLK Day weekend. This long yeah, another long weekend. Uh, uh it's great, especially like after that that winter break. You kind of get back into things, and you're like, uh, "Like, yeah. I, I want to be back out of the office." Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> that MLK day, just right around the corner. You're welcome. <laughs> so, what uh, MLK activities are you planning to partake in this coming holiday? I, I, uh, I've already taken an edible last night. Um, oh, great! Right. Yes, and then I watched uh, Last of Us in in honor of, of civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. It was actually actually you know, the, the episode I watched of Last of Us. It was the um the one with the uh I can't remember how it was laid out in the game, so I'll just say it how it was in the show. But it was uh two brothers, uh one older brother, one younger brother. Yeah, Sam and yeah. his brother. Sam yeah, and like yeah. Henry or something. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So it was the episode with them. So that you know, they, they had a little they had a little representation in The Last of Us. A little um, representation. I mean, I think I feel like just being as comfortable like comfortable black that's how you celebrate civil rights yeah. and all these other movements is th- this is what they fought for yeah. the, the ability for us to just exist and be in our own personal spaces enjoying the same freedoms and luxuries and accoutrements that everyone else enjoys in their lives without being yeah. judged or you know characterized in a negative manner anything like that yeah. so yeah, yeah. We can complain about games just like anybody else. Exactly. We can <laughs> complain about microtransactions. Hey, the industry said. <laughs> <laughs> we earned that, right? Uh, oh. Yeah, no, it's, it's great, though. How, how's, how's your week been? Uh, not bad. Back in the office and, you know, just knocking things out because 
you know, what is it? Am I going on my, oh, I'm finishing my second year and I'll be starting my third year at this company. So yeah, just in the groove, it, it got back, knocked the rust off, just knocking down tasks, already know what's coming, already know how to handle stuff. It's, I, I just like how efficient things are now that systems are in place, like pipelines are, are clear and flowing. And it's, yeah, yeah, I'm in a good place. Professionally, um, went back to wildcard yesterday. Yes, nice. Yeah, got in about a half dozen rounds because your boy showed up at like 3.30, but I got there. 30 minutes better than no minutes. Uh, Push-up club going well. We're, we're on 50s. I... I elected to do 60 instead, but yeah, the crew's on 50s. I'm starting to feel it, starting to see, starting to see the effects. We're about two months deep, so that's helping out. It's also helping to build my my daily habit as well as my desire to be more active again. So just getting everything back under control. I'm trying to fit back in the small clothes. I'm trying to trying to bring sexy dub back for at least one more season, so <laughs> we can see how the story. How the story threads wrap up. Um, yeah, man. Just enjoying myself, keeping my place clean. Got some new pillows. Uh, they're, they're like soft and and like resilient. They hold their form very well. And like my last pillow, so and, and they have covers, so I can go take those and wash those instead of taking the whole damn pillow to the dry cleaner. Even though I should still do that anyway because the cover is like paper thin. But uh, yeah, just adulting and trying to get on my my health as well deal and. Living my life, being unapologetically myself. Hell yeah. Well, A-Dub, I know you talked about a lot of stuff that involved the other stuff in life, but we hear about them video games. So how how has the gaming been? Gaming's been tight, man. It, yeah. Gaming has been so thoroughly satisfying and fulfilling that I took like a day and a half off. It's just like, I don't need to play anything right now. Like, let me just marinate on everything that I've done, all the things that I could do. So, you so know, you're, you're like your bucket's full. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't need to game every day. I don't need to play every game that comes out. I got the stuff that I like. It's thoroughly satisfying and just so rich with with things to do and experience, see like for the first time, for a second time in a different way with different party members and you know it's you know speaking of that the big one of course being Baldur's Gate 3 pushing further into that I did just about everything I could do in the Underdark did everything I could do in the main the main area of Act 1 I'm in the Mountain Pass now doing doing the Githyanki stuff and yeah it's it's getting nuts because everybody I run into is like huh yeah you should you, you should help us with our search. It's like, oh, wait, we're searching for you. You need to die. <laughs> it's like, God damn, now I got to fight again. But I'm getting experience, which I needed, leveled up to, to level seven. So my characters unlock those those level four spell slots, started to get those level four spells. <laughs> oh, man, it's crazy. But I'm getting more accustomed to just the ebb and flow of the gameplay as well as you know, I got my Larian legs back, I'll say, where I just understand the the visual language and the game design. And so maneuvering my way through it, just 
knocking down puzzles and quests, scouring every room, searching areas, finding hidden items, hidden passageways, learning new synergies with my spells, throwing people over bridges. <laughs> that will never get old, especially now that I've started. Like sometimes if an enemy has just like just enough hit points, like a really low level enemy with like anywhere from five to like seven hit points, I'll just pick him up and beat another enemy with him and kill them both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And no other game is giving me that kind of situation ever. And it's awesome. But I mean, it's, I can always go on and on about this game. And just one tiny little example of how detailed and, and dope it is. I'll give you, um, I'm working through the mountain pass area, finding the Githyanki Kresh. If you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. But going through there, one of my characters, in, like I guess in like her biography, or just like one of her known, or I think it's it's a condition that's on her and it's permanent, where she has a fear of large wolves. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll keep an eye out for that. So it's, I'm coming up on 100 hours. I'm coming up on the end of act one. I find myself in this room. I look over and there are just these two massive wolves eating gnomes just on the side while this commander is at his desk drawing up battle plans. We walk in and I immediately see my character like succeed on a saving throw because she got close to the wolves and it was like, all right, you got to roll for that fear. <laughs> and, she, and she overpowered her fear. And we got into the battle. It got out by the skin of our teeth, but I imagine it would have been much more difficult if she was scared of those wolves at that outset. And I was just like, yo, that's crazy. That just something that could have just been flavor text and nothing else ends up being an actual mechanic in the game. And even though it, it might not have very many instances where it occurs, it occurs. And it could be something. It just adds so much texture to that character where they are actively dealing with that fear. There will be some instances where they succumb to it. There will be some instances where they overpower it. It's stuff like that that really just takes a game to the next level. But, um, the PS Plus games for January are available. I think I downloaded, not downloaded, but added all three to my library because it was like Plague Tale, and nobody saves the world and it was something else but i downloaded nobody saves the world started that amc gave it a glowing review back when he played it girlfriend game with the wifey so yeah man i'm in it i love the art style and the uh the charm of it it's incredibly smooth and just the premise that you become these different forms in each form serves a different kind of purpose that allows you to interact with the game world itself in a different manner while also having different attacks having their own leveling system that you that you progress through by using them in suggested ways for a certain amount of time it's i miss that kind of game it reminds me it, it, in a strange way it reminds me of battlefront 2 back on in the the og xbox days where like, yeah, it's a multiplayer Star Wars game, but you also have these objectives where it's like get 100 headshots with the pistol. And then you do that and you get the better pistol, the marksman pistol. Or you, get some, you hit somebody 
a bunch of times with the shotgun, and then you get the flechette rounds that do extra damage. So nobody saves the world. I like that kind of gameplay loop where you're pursuing upgrades through actual activity rather than you know, oh, let me just go to this spot and then I go to this spot and then I get the the OP weapon at the bottom of the lake and then um, I'm just steamrolling everything. It's like, no, you got to play the game, learn how to play, get used to different play styles and hit certain milestones. And then here's your reward for getting over those hurdles. So I appreciate that. And yeah, I think that's about it. I mean, of course, there's a bunch of Overwatch. My The win streaks are getting longer. I'm becoming more unkillable, which is weird because it's not it's not like it's anything I ever actively pursued or practiced. It's just you you put in the time, you put in the effort and you just you start to see the patterns. You start to understand how people work. You understand like their ranges. You understand their cooldowns, their loops. You start to see how you start to see the individual's tendencies and characteristics come through the character. And it's like, oh, you're doing this. Well, I got this for you. Oh, I'm already there. Bow, dead, bow, dead. Group of y'all, bomb in there. It's amazing. So, yeah, I'm just having a great time playing with each single, AMC hopping on. And we got to get back into competitive, man. I think I think we've all progressed quite a bit with how we get down with the game. And I don't know. I think I think fewer people out there have even less for us. So we should go take what's rightfully ours. Yeah, man. It's I'm having a good time. So AMC, what have you been playing? Yeah, I pretty much yeah, I've been playing two games uh so far this week. Um with a shout out to Live Alive. So I really didn't get to talk about it um the other weeks. But yeah, um Played some Overwatch, as you said, played with you in a single. Uh played a few matches on my own, not a ton. But um, yeah, just still doing a damn thing, focusing on my support duties. Haven't been uh you know, I've been mainly focusing on Lucio and um and Zenyatta because of that. I want to get really good with that that damage orb and my accuracy with him because if i get that down he's a he's a very good support slash like damage support character so um i want to have him more out i want to have him more experience with him but the, the issue with zenyatta is obviously his survivability and so because of that figuring out what angles you want to come at on the battlefield so that you're never too exposed and you always have a plan of escape if they start to target you with like say a sombra or a tracer uh so yeah been been putting work with those characters need to get back on my mercy game but um really loving my lucio play right now like that's my most solid character and then um after that you begin down lucio yeah it's uh it's fun like i just love like the wall sliding the the speeding and all that stuff and as i said i always have kind of like my my personal goals with each character and with lucio it's trying to get more of that speed boost going while also being a very productive healer and so kind of working out that dynamic uh but yeah really enjoying that really enjoying this um not gonna say i prefer it but the, you know they did like an update recently where the, everything was kind of sped up in the matches as far as the respawns and the capture yeah. times oh, and everything like that. <laughs> that yeah, wasn't it, happening it, dude <laughs> yeah it was, it was jarring uh but like once you start playing it like you're i don't know you're playing overwatch <laughs> like and like i'm because i'm always just so focused on just getting better at 
my character and getting better at like situations, seeing them, knowing how to counter them. And, um, you know, once you, once you see what the team is doing, then knowing how to respond to that. So like put me in any situation and that's always going to be my objective, whether the matches are longer or shorter. And, um, yeah, playing these matches, like immediately, I just realized the, or not immediately, it took a couple of matches, but then I quickly realized the advantage of a character like Lucio in those matches because of the speed, the speed boost and the quicker respawn time. If I die, I just come right back with the speed boost, use the extra boost on top of that to amp up the speed, and I'm, I'm right back in the fray within seconds. And um, because of that, yeah, it just, um, it really turns the tides of the battle or like keeps the team in the battle a lot more effectively than say in the other, the other scenarios of the you know the normal overwatch um play style and so yeah because of that um really enjoyed that um how how lucio was you know how it affects the meta <laughs> if you were to do that with a, say a lucio character so that's something to keep in mind if they ever bring that um that mode back ever ever again uh other than that also been playing some Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, really loving that game. What made me feel comfortable. So started playing the game, really love it. As I mentioned in the past, the game really is at its best in the boss battles. Like it's just, they're so fun. The the different moments within the battle, knowing how to counter certain special attacks and then like, you know, so like when I was fighting Zarbon, I'm, in, I'm on planet Namek fighting Zarbon and he does this one attack where all these like blasts are like coming down from the air. So I'm dodging them. And when I was first doing it, I couldn't figure out what the hell is going on. Cause I'm trying to dodge the blast, but he quickly flies in as you're dodging Ooh. and he'll just grab you. And then he does like this super attack that like basically takes away, um, one part of your health like if you're if you were in the gray in injustice it would take away all of the gray and then now you're just fighting with on your on your last life um and so uh yeah and it took me a while like uh and i finally figured out the counter to that and it was great because then i ended up like uh, countering as he flies into attack i counter it goes into like a little you know like a little quick cutscene, and it's vegeta getting the drop on him and then i do like a big attack on zarbon so once i figured that out it not only did i like you know stop the attack but then i also got off a great attack on him as a counter to his special so i like that i like those little details within the boss battle but yeah as i was what i was getting at was um my brother had actually started playing the game and he kept telling me how much he loved it. But then he got to a fight with Dodoria and he said he, he couldn't get past it. <laughs> and so that was something that was in my mind as I started playing the game. I get to Planet Namek, I get to, to Dodoria. This is and crazy. I, yeah, I beat him in about like, maybe like, I want to say like three, maybe four tries. Yes. And then once I got past that, I was like, oh, okay, like this is, this is very doable. <laughs> like uh, there was a part of me that was like, damn, if he can't get past that, how, how much are they going to ramp up the difficulty in this game? But no, I just, you learn, like some people have different approaches to the game and, you know, anyways. And so, yeah, once did I got you, past that. When yeah. you, when you were on the way to Namek, did you do anything in the, the time chambers <laughs> or not the time chambers, but the, um, the gravity chamber? Oh uh, yeah, no, because uh, so how it works is it literally follows the show. So you're not always Goku in the uh, in the game. Um, yeah, you're Vegeta right now, so you guys are ahead of Goku. You're, yeah, you're exactly. Soria and Zarbon. Yeah, and like um, I, at points I'm Krillin, at other points I'm Gohan. How is um, it playing Krillin on Namek? 
Oh, it's great. You get the, and he has like all his movies. He's got like the solar flash. Yes, the, the stress is. Yeah. <laughs> and the commandment. Like he's awesome, but it's really about like, yeah. On Namek, I'm loving playing with uh, Gohan. Cause like I have, um, so they have training and you can upgrade some of your abilities. And I just got the super Masenko. And so with that, I'm just, when I get that counter and then I hit him with the super Masenko, it's, it's doing heavy damage. So I'm really liking him. And then I just went to uh guru on the planet. And so I got that, you know, how he, he unleashes some of your latent powers within mm-hmm. the show. I got oh, that, that, that experience that power up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I got that experience boost with uh Gohan, and now he's he's you know he's handling business. So he's yeah, uh, so yeah, I I fought Dodoria, and then I just got up to the Ginyu Force, but I haven't fought them yet. But it's at that point where we, uh, Vegeta's like, all right, like we need to work together. Give me the Dragon Balls <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because we're basically screwed at this point. Um, but it's so awesome. this game got multiple planets. Mm-hmm. Ah, th- does it have King Kai's planet? Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't think you p- actually play on it because I think at that point you're they do the cutscene of Goku on on planet uh, on King Kai's planet, and you do uh, you know a, a part where you're you're just you're talking to him and you have to try to make King Kai laugh <laughs> hmm. in order to in order for him to train you. So like you have your options of what to choose that like he might think are funny um and then that that's about it as far as king kai's planet but that part you're actually mainly on earth um fighting uh napa and uh the the cybermen all that so stuff. you didn't get to manually run down snake way no i did not get to manually, <laughs> which is great like that would have been the worst game happened. ever yeah if they had like the I, I think it might have been like a, I don't know if it was a filler episode as far as like the manga goes, but doesn't he fall off a snake way at one point? And like he's with like the, yeah. like those dudes who are like training with the dudes. Yeah, he, la- he lands in hell. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Or the Amer- <laughs> or the censored version, the home for infinite losers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was wondering what was written on like all this stuff, a- like the HFIO. No, you going to hell. That's yeah. Okay. <laughs> home for infinute loser. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so um yeah, yeah, they don't have any of that, unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately they don't have any of that. But what this game does really well is all the other stuff is awesome. Like uh like yeah, I actually enjoy fishing because you so there's like campsites all around the map and what you you can cook at the campsite and whatever you eat will give you you know, it'll give you a stat boost as far as like your your ki- your chi attacks or you can use it for your melee attacks or defense, whatever. Whatever boost you want you can eat a certain food for that and it it's great they have like fishing they have a lot of like i like the fishing game a lot because it's just like a quick like little mini game and it's it's always awesome uh so can but, you have can you have a vegan goku a vegan goku yeah they do have like tofu and they do have uh yeah carrots and all that stuff so you could you could focus on that stuff if you, if you, you can so choose ro- you can role play as a vegan saiyan <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i like getting that that dino meat um but yeah it's a uh, they do it really well when you're out in the world. What's great too is because at first when I thought, um, you know, you had to like collect the, uh, you collect these, these orbs. They look like Dragon Balls, but they're Z orbs. You can collect them around the planet and use those to upgrade certain, um, certain abilities and stats. Uh, but that was like, you know, that wasn't like my favorite part of the game, flying and collecting those, but you also collect them in the fights. So it's, all of it together while you're flying to an objective, collecting the Z orbs. And then if you say run into an enemy, you'll beat them and you'll also get Z orbs on top of that. And so it has a pretty good reward system to building up where you don't feel, you don't 
ever feel like you have to farm like just by naturally playing the game if you do the the side quests and all that stuff um you'll naturally just upgrade in a in a way where you never really feel like you're like oh man i need to not do this boss battle because i need to play a couple hours in this area just doing shit like it's it all seems natural within the pace of the game so yeah it's a it's great i'm on namek handling business working my way up to frieza gotta take on the guinea force it's just an awesome game that as i play it more and more i would say around like it was like around like hour 10 when i fully felt like all right i kind of get like the uh the cycle of like how you play this game as far as like what you need to do and what you need to look for as you're making your way towards the uh the main objective stuff um once i got that down the game just started like just rolling like butter and i have the the, the fights i have down i don't really feel like they're I'm overmatched in any type of ways, just, you know, learning the attacks and then knowing what counters to have for those attacks is mainly the um, kind of like the trial and error with it. But the bites, the fights feel all like, you know, those burst battles that you see when you're you're playing, when you're watching the show. So Kakarot is just a game that I'm just I'm falling more and more in love with. I definitely don't regret buying the first season, like the, you know, the first season of DLC without even playing the game because I know I'll be mm-hmm. playing it um so yeah kakarasa shit and then lava live play a little more of that won't spend too much time there but i um uh, i'm playing this wild wild, wild west um storyline so each character has its own storyline like there is a an ancient like chinese um martial arts master uh he was like the sifu and um now i chose the wild west character also did a prehistoric character too that was fun in its own way and had like a lot of humor to it but wild west what is awesome is this one uh so how it works is you show up to this town and you're like this um you know this this nameless figure who's who's wanted so people are kind of skeptical of you but like you don't really know why you're wanted you just know that there's a bounty hunter after you you get into the town you get to the bar and there's this guy sitting there you realize he's a bandit he's talking he like he, he wants your chair he's like you're sitting in my seat and then you do that whole thing you fight him off uh they show you how like the the battle mechanics work for that and then what's great is then after that after you beat up the bandit and he runs away they basically let you know kind of like okay corral a scenario like hey he's going to go get his squad and he's going to come back within eight hours and the town the the bandits have been you know overrunning the town treating them like shit and so you get to recruit the people from the town and as you recruit them you talk to them and you kind of learn who's like the most handy of the people and once you fight off the bandits then you get eight hours which is you know obviously not eight hours it's more like eight minutes but you get eight minutes to recruit everybody and then find items as you're like recruiting people and then you can give those items to the people to set up traps around the town before they come to attack the town yes (laughs) it's uh yeah absolutely awesome just like um getting to know other people within that like you know it, it also like just lets you know straight up like right out the gate like hey you're gonna want to save <laughs> because if you screw up and you put like the wrong person on like say like the the dig in the ditch issue he might be a little slow and you, you get less less ditches dug <laughs> which means that when the bandits come i guess like they just have uh they they can just roll right into town and i guess more you have to fight off more people i'm not really sure what happens but it's great that they i've never had this in like an rpg where you're just like setting up for a battle that's coming um and just knowing that like you know you have to talk to people figure out like oh like who's the useful one in the relationship well i gotta send the wife out i i can give her a frying pan and she's gonna put something up i found a girly mag i'm gonna give it to this guy and he's gonna set it up <laughs> to like slow them down <laughs> like it's, it's it's awesome <laughs> yeah like like I, it was, up the frying pan. 
Yeah, it's like it was, there's a, a a wall poster, and then the guy's like, "Ah, oh, it's my favorite wall person." Like, you know, this she's just very attractive. I can't help but look at her. And then, like, I hand it to him, and he's like, "Oh, you want me to set this up to like slow him down?" I'm like, "Yep." And he's like, "All right." And then you just see the character like run off. Um, and so yeah, it's it's great. Love and live alive. I did not expect each of the different character story arcs to have such a different. I guess one tone, but also objective to it, uh, which makes them all feel very unique as opposed to, you know, just playing a bunch of different stories, but the same game within each story. So um, yeah, Live Alive still surprising me as an awesome game, but I feel like I've been rambling on for too long, A-Dub. So let's get into these topics of the week. Topics topics of the week. week. Uh A-Dub, you want to lead off with some stories before we get into our most anticipated games of 2024? Leading off with some stories, I think I can pull that off. First and foremost, we'll start with a with a nice and easy one, a light one, a small one, just a morsel. PS5, we're getting the version two Dual Sense with exceptional twelve hour battery life. Oh mm-hmm. man! Well, I can't say that we're getting it. However, it it was spotted online, so it hasn't. I don't believe it's been confirmed officially, but. If it's online, <laughs> like when has something appearing online in the gaming space not been real? <laughs> anyway, yeah. So an unannounced PS5 DualSense controller has appeared on Best Buy Canada's website. The listing is for 90 Canadian. It's a PlayStation 5 version 2 DualSense wireless controller white. While the controller appears to have the same dimensions as the existing model, it has what's described as an exceptional 12-hour battery life on a full charge, which supports long gaming sessions. AMC, are you going to have to move around your schedule? Should this controller come to be true? Oh, man. Um, I do love that they're doing this. Uh, no, I, I will never be able to have a long enough session. I've never had a too long of a session with my current controller, um, which I know people like complaining like, oh, I, there's not enough battery life in my PlayStation controller. Um, I've never I've never experienced that. Like I get like at the most like, you know, an hour, maybe two hours if I'm lucky to like play a game and that's more than enough time on, on the current controller. But I do know people game a lot longer and they don't want to do that whole get up and, and exchange and or maybe sit closer so you can play with it wired into the PlayStation. Um so yeah I, I do get that and I do see that there is definitely a a need for this, but not personally, not something that I I need. How about yourself? Personally I just feel like the battery thing is kind of a I don't know I think it's kind of a slight to people who bought the DualSense Edge because it's like okay we're buying the premium controller but the best battery life is in the new standard controller (laughs) it's just kind of messed up to me so I will be looking online for that battery and I could do some some surgery (laughs) surgery on my DualSense Edge and get it in there I'm sure I just have to pop it open and swap them out well, yeah, man, it's it's cool. It's cool that they're addressing this. Hopefully this is something that'll be like an out the box kind of thing when the next console rolls around. I also hope that they they do something about the sticks so that people don't get stick drift anymore. Like I hope I yeah, hope that would magnetic be, hall. That would be my bigger thing. <laughs> is that figure that out? Yeah. <laughs> 
I would hope magnetic call technology would slowly become standard or at the very least included on a premium controller. So people at least have the option of buying something that's not going to like degrade and lose performance on them. But, you know, this is cool. It's a step in the right direction. I'm all about it. Let's get into the next topic of the week. Top topic, topic of, the of the week. week. All right. Let's see. We got um, it's a big one. We got an announcement. We're we're expecting it. We're wondering what's coming. Well, it's finally announced. A dub. We have the developer direct for Xbox. We got the date. We got the announcement. We got the time. We got the place. Um. So yeah, people who are looking forward to this developer direct, they can look forward to watching this on Xbox channels. Let's see, on January 18th at 12 p.m. Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. UK time. And in case you're wondering what games <laughs> they'd be discussing, surprise, surprise. They said more to come next year. Well, more to come early next year because we're going to get some insight on that Indiana Jones game, A-Dub. Oh, damn. Ten minutes. Yeah, let's see. Machine Games, the award-winning studio behind the recent Wolfenstein series, will reveal their upcoming Indiana Jones game, an action-adventure that puts players in the leather jacket of the legendary archaeologist. The leather jacket. Oh, <laughs> is that, leather jacket. Dude, is that why Todd wears the leather jacket? Because mm, he said he's a, huge, he's a huge Indiana Jones fan. He's always wanted to make this game, and he's always been rocking them leather jackets. Yeah, that's right. Is it connect that? Okay. Yeah. Uh, developer Direct <laughs> will showcase more than ten minutes of game and developer insights, including details about the game's setting and story, how fans will actually play as indie. Ooh. Additional details from his next globe-trotting adventure and the premiere of the first gameplay trailer. Ooh. Um, that's gonna be nuts. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Damn, um, yeah, the Jones game is finally real. Like I remember that being announced, or at least hinted at around the time natural motions euphoria engine started making the rounds in the industry being used in games like gta 4 and star wars force unleashed it was around that time they were talking like yeah it's going to be used in the indiana jones game that bethesda's making it was like that was back in that was back on ps3 times that was back in like 2006 <laughs> and i was just like oh man that's gonna be dope and here we are 15 years later 17 years later finally finally seeing something that's that's a wild journey so it's gonna be very interesting seeing what indiana jones has to offer do you think do you think we see this this year dropped you think it comes out as q4 release, mm, i don't know well it's bethesda though and this is todd's like passion project so if they're already showing 10 minutes, they're showing us the first gameplay trailer at, at the earliest, I would say holiday this year, but at the latest, maybe first half next year. So I would give it that nine month range. Okay. Well, not nine, yeah. well, nine, but like 10 months, seven months, I should say. Yeah. As you mentioned, but that's the known for every now and then releasing a game with like a six month window to launch <laughs> announcing it with a six month month window to launch so yeah you never know what bethesda uh, but yeah looking forward to seeing this we also got news for avowed the team at obsidian will share the first deep dive into the gameplay experience fans can expect in avowed their upcoming fantasy action rpg set in the fantastical vibrant living lands 
Learn more about how Obsidian's expertise in building worlds with deep themes, dynamic gameplay, and thoughtful reactivity come to life in a vow where players will have agency to make choices. Oh, people want choices, eh, Dub? Yeah, choices every step of their adventure. Um, I, I know, I know, people are going to be looking at looking at at the colors <laughs> and and how good this game and, and how how the game looks visibly uh or visually i should say um as opposed to you know how it's played because there's so much made about the last time the game was showed and how how they changed the game <laughs> mm-hmm. um how about yourself a dub is there anything that you're looking for as far as uh, avowed i fall into that bucket of deplorables that only focuses on the color changes and the visual <laughs> changes because I liked I liked how Avowed was pitched when it was first announced when it had the more realistic dark fantasy kind of look to it now it just it looks it I mean I don't want to say anything negative so it it reminds me a bit too much of Skyrim let's just say that where it looks like that kind of visual aesthetic and that kind of color palette and contrast. And it's just, mm. I don't know. It just, it doesn't look like something that I want to play. And it hurts to say that because Obsidian is dope. And who knows, maybe when the game is out, maybe when I read a couple of reviews and see what the the content and the substance of the game is, perhaps I'll change my mind. But at this point in time, I'm I'm off the fence about it. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying there's a curiosity because it's Obsidian, and um, I, I I am interested to see if like you know first person magic magic wielding game like if they can can get it right, um, they can do a lot. A lot of here. attempts. What you say? A lot of attempts. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was the whole thing with the uh, Amoros Avium because it was, you know, it was they were kind of built as somewhat similar. And so we were going to see how Mortis Avian did. Obviously, it did not do well, but you know that could have also been release time. Maybe possibly, uh, you know, just I, I believe it came out right in the middle of everything, <laughs> and I believe that that was like that had a lot to do with um, its sales. So you know, avowed a little different. Also, first party exclusive on Game Pass, so people are willing to give it more shots. I I, I do have a curiosity. I'll say that much, but um, I wasn't one of those people that really was that. I, like I didn't really notice the the big change. I did hear some people say also like who knows maybe that was just one area of the game. So that that will be interesting when they do this deep dive if they maybe show more regions and then through that we see more of a variety of like color mm-hmm. palettes and things like that. So this will be their chance to maybe rectify <laughs> some of those yeah. concerns. But uh, I, I'm more curious about, I want to see the gameplay, maybe some of the spell casting, things like that, to see if it would be something that like I would be interested in to buy an Xbox and <laughs> jump into their ecosystem. I mean, who, play knows? This game. who knows? Maybe they maybe they just haven't put the final polish on it. Maybe, exactly. it'll look, maybe it'll look better or different at release. Not like totally different. I'm not expecting the overhaul of the visuals just because of some people whining online, but it's it will be interesting to see if what they the last thing they showed will be the way that it ships. And then also there was Ghostwire Tokyo. It's also first person magic yokai ships, you know, by yokai. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, there was also that game and it didn't it didn't quite strike true when it initially came out, but it eventually got a major patch where the combat was overhauled and people say that that really got the game closer to where where it needed to be so you know first person magic games 
they got something going on. And it somebody's somebody's gonna find that formula. And I think and it's unfortunate, I believe that it sounded like Immortals of Avian got there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it could have too. It just could have just been like that. Could be a totally like a game that we see one day on PS Plus, and people are like, yeah. "Holy shit, Immortals Avium is amazing!" I this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not enough people are talking about Immortals Avium. <laughs> too bad the developer shut down. Yeah, <laughs> they should have marketed this more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. uh, yeah, let's see. Um, then we got uh, I guess Ara. It's A R A. History yeah. Untold. Uh, here from the leads, you know, so we're going to hear from the leads at Oxide Games, a studio founded by veterans of strategy genre and creators behind classic strategy titles, including that Civ 5 A dub. Mm-hmm. As they unveil exclusive new gameplay and share more details about the inspiration, key features, and road ahead for their upcoming historical grand strategy game. Oh, that's I'm curious, especially if it's coming from former Civ developers um, yeah. start their own studio. They're putting out a strategy game on consoles. I'm always curious to see when strategy games are made for consoles, how they do with that. You having played, you know, you played Civ Revolution, things like that on console. Um, Civ, do you have any expectations for this? Civ 5, maybe Civ 6. So how's and, your, how's your just experience think, of strategy games on console? It's fucking awesome. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's... You, you get up and running and, you know, you get your teeth kicked in a, a, a few times in the early goings. But once you get the loop and once you get once you understand, like, OK, certain things either will or might happen at certain points in time. So there are certain things I need to get done before those things come to pass, if they come to pass. And you know, I gotta, I gotta spread out. I gotta find new territory. I gotta have diplomatic relations with neighboring countries. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta send aid. I gotta, I gotta declare war. I gotta prepare troops. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta get resources. Like I gotta go out in the sea and find treasure. I gotta make, I gotta make historical monuments. I gotta make, I gotta have feats. I gotta have wonders. I need. I need, I need statues. I need, I need mega structures. <laughs> it's just all kinds of stuff. Civ, yeah, my experience with these games, I, I really want to get into them on, on the PC because I feel like those would be a bit more robust and probably have more control and options. But for how they're represented on consoles, Civ Revolution was the first one. And it was a home run, at least with me. It, it, properly approximated that experience and made it easy to use with a controller rather than a mouse and keyboard. So I don't know if it was Civ 5 or Civ 6. It was probably Civ 6. It's probably both. But I got those on console as well. And it's, man, I love civilization so much. It's great. Just steering your own country through global domination, you know, either diplomatically or militarily. Or who knows, peacefully, like just you know, we just we just live and live alone, that kind of shit. It's it's always dope, just stepping through the ages, going over history, and reaching like the future goals, like be the first one to reach space or be the first one to develop a certain technology. It that's it's awesome. It it fuels my desire to to control and change the world that we live in today. (laughs) So yeah, I'll I'll keep an eye on this one. It's as much as I love civilization, I do want to see 
competitors in that space as well as like new and fresh ideas with new mechanics different balances different different art styles honestly like civ is cool and everything but i would like a more a more evocative art style and like better animations see i i particularly enjoy when strategy games are more illustrative and sort of like not not necessarily cell shaded but just more like just more art oriented where it's just vivid colors and outlines and it just it looks like a moving painting rather than just you know a bunch of a bunch of polygons moving around on the screen shooting polygon cannonballs at each other so that's how i feel about it so i'll, I'll keep an eye on this that's i had no idea this was going to be shown this is all this is news to me especially the indiana jones game but this our history untold that's got my interest and then um the last one the one that <laughs> uh you know we've seen some of this game already up to this point but sinuous saga so much of this game. yeah uh ninja theory takes us behind the scenes at their studio in cambridge to give us some insight on how they are crafting sinuous sagas hellblade 2 the team will speak to the ambition and meticulous care involved in creating sinuous journey to, of survival so yeah, Adub, we've as you said, we've seen um plenty of this game. It's interesting. It's it's like we've seen plenty of this game, but then I feel like we haven't seen a lot of this game. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's it's weird in that way. I know people wanted to see some combat and we saw a little bit in uh at the game awards reveal. So as far where are you at as far as um how much more or do you need to see any more of Hellblade 2? Where where are you at or what do you, or what are you looking forward to seeing as far as any more when it comes to the reveals of Hellblade 2? The team needs to speak on the release day. Yeah. And that and that's about it. Like it's I, I've seen all I need to see of it, and it's not what I wanted to see of it. Like I just wanted to see just a night like I saw combat in the last trailer that they did at the last show at the game awards or whatnot. I don't I forget what show it was. But we saw that and it was like, all right, cool. So when, when are we getting this? It's I don't want to see any more cutscenes. I don't want to see any more like motion capture sessions and just all that. I don't want to see anything but when the game is coming out and then just let me wait until the game comes out. <laughs> it's got <laughs> it's gotten to that point. It's taken so long to come out that the last thing I want to do is keep seeing this thing until it's actually ready to be played. <laughs> How about yourself? Yeah, I, I, yeah, pretty much in the same place. I I feel like there's, yeah, I feel like, like I do enjoy like this. Like I liked when they did it with Starfield, where they said, "Hey, yeah. we're gonna go to Bethesda Studios and and see Todd Howard and all all, all the homies <laughs> that that are working oh, on this the game. homie Eastman." Uh. Yeah, <laughs> and there is a way to show more gameplay through that. Like I remember people just breaking down like the frame rates and the enemies and the weapons like in the in the little background shots of the game as yeah. they were taking us through Bethesda so that is a good way to maybe give us some exposure to Hellblade 2 without you know having to necessarily just do a straight up gameplay deep dive um at this point and so I I do like this approach to it if you're going to show more Hellblade maybe you know show the studio show the people working on it and maybe get like get under get an understanding of the developer's excitement for the game and hopefully it will come off very genuine and not like hey you need to talk up this game because <laughs> we need to sell copies um and so yeah um 
I, I do like that, but yeah, I'm at a point now where I don't necessarily need to see anymore. I am definitely on the camp of hey, get us a release date. We've yeah. we've seen a lot of this game, and I yes, I would like to know more, but I feel like this is the type of game that's gonna be more about the experience. So you don't necessarily need to show so much of it, like the moment to moment action, the storytelling, um, just the character development and the character work is what I think is gonna sell this game. So you don't really need to, you know, show you know, the overlay of like maps or if they even have that or, you know, a lot of the, all that stuff. Like I enjoy that with other games. This game doesn't necessarily need that actually as little, like, like HUD is like needed for a game like this. So yeah, yeah I, I don't think it's necessarily um, needed to have a big deep dive uh, for this type of game after this showcase. Uh, so hopefully, yeah, we'll get a, a release date by the end of it. If not, you show us their studio and then the next time you talk about the game a little like 10 second hey this is the release date look forward to this shit <laughs> um and so yeah um i guess release date wise what are your expectations if you said indiana jones either towards the end of this year early next year hellblade where are you at as far as release date what are you thinking uh, i'm not anywhere I, it's <laughs> the, <laughs> Like I'm sure that Hellblade has a healthy audience and is going to attract a whole lot of new sets of eyes when it eventually comes out. Personally, it's still not doing anything for me. So whenever it comes out, it's just whenever it comes out. And who knows? Yeah, you don't you anticipate a release date then, like exactly this year, or you don't think it gets pushed back to next year? <laughs> nah, it's it's definitely going to come out this year, and if they're if they're only giving us a window at the end of 2023 for this year, yeah, then I would say it's not coming out any earlier than June. Yeah. Okay. But, right, but that's, uh, uh, who knows? Uh, I could be wrong. So I'm not trying to start a rumor. I'm not trying to <laughs> spread misinformation here. I'm just taking a hugely uneducated guess. And who knows? Maybe I might, I might strike true. Yeah, if it comes out in June, you know who to credit. <laughs> control yeah. issues. A dub at control issues. <laughs> put it put in your article. Um, yeah. That uh and then they said after the direct, they're gonna have which is cool that they didn't put this as part of the direct. They said after the direct's over, ZDMAX Online Studios will host an Elder Scrolls Online 2024 global reveal. So for all mm. you for all your, your live service needs, you, you wait oh. until after the show. Yeah. Dead in the water, still the content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I mean, is your highlights gonna be Indiana Jones? What are you looking forward to as far as this overall that's that they've announced is gonna be at this direct? I I'm looking forward to being pleasantly surprised by Indiana Jones, but I think the our history untold might might be the gem there for me. Also, I'm very interested to see what's going on with Avowed. It it'll be closer to complete and maybe we'll have some more polish on it maybe not like you said we'll see some different areas and maybe things will look different with different lighting so i'm i'm giving avowed a chance because i i do want it to be good i want it to come out as good as possible oh yeah i'm looking forward to those three send you a whatever how about yourself <laughs> Yeah, when, uh, when are you getting the Series S, man? I know you, you you're playing around with it. You're thinking about selling some stuff. Yeah, I know. I'm just I'm waiting for it to just build up and then just get that big catalog. So you know, 
as I said, the the big ones will be when they announce Doom and Wolfenstein, and if they keep those exclusives, then that will more than likely be my, be my big push to get the console. But I mean, looking at I, I'll tell you right now, Avowed is one of the ones I am actually looking forward to seeing because um, that is a type of game that I can see myself playing as as a lover of spell casting and video games. Um, that's one that does have my interest, and so I I want to see um you know the world and everything they offer. I like the I the idea that they do have you know choice so i want to see how much that comes into play as far as like consequences and how how much of the story you can you can kind of craft as opposed to you know you're going to end up in the same place no matter what your choices are um <laughs> and then yeah ara i because i'm always uh i'm always interested in strategy games and you know i since i've gotten off pc i haven't I haven't done real-time strategy, but I feel like a turn-based style strategy is something that could definitely work on consoles um, because you're not relying on that mouse and keyboard. And so, mm -hmm. you know, if this one ends up being, you know, something stellar, that is definitely something that I will keep in mind as a game that I need to play down the line. So, yeah, um, those are the two big ones. And Indiana Jones, I love, as I said, I love Wolfenstein. I love Doom. So I'm always interested in machine games, um, their their games. But um you know, this is there's something about Indiana Jones. I gotta see it because uh those two franchises have me in so much. And Indiana Jones, not that it is just like Wolfenstein, but it's like Wolfenstein and Jason as far as like we're taking out these Nazis. Um and so uh yeah, I, I am curious to see where they have taken the like their their model as far as indiana jones like what if they've changed it up maybe we get like some third person action because you know they're known for their first person so maybe we get third person with indiana jones for them to kind of shake things up a little bit or if they do keep it first person is it going to be like that frantic like quick style of play that you see in doom or is it going to be a little slower paced and because of that if they go slower paced then how they handle that moment to moment combat within that type of structure and obviously the whip and all that stuff is going to be great. So I am curious to see, yes. I guess, how Indiana Jones comes out to play. It's just for some reason, I'm I'm actually very interested in Avowed over that game as of right now. But I see Indiana Jones, it's machine games. Um, I could easily be right on board with that. So yeah, those are, those are I guess, my three games that I'm looking forward to. And kind of where you're at, I... I didn't get the first Hellblade, and so the, I'm not going to try to pretend like I'm super excited about the second Hellblade. But um, I am curious to see like how that game does because you know I, I do like to see wins for people and people who've been holding down Xbox. They've been excited about this game, so I'd like to see them happy that they get like a good version of this game. Hell yeah! Uh, do you have any other before we get to the big topic? A dub? Any other stories? I got one. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a minor story. It should come as no surprise to anybody who's like has eyes and plays Diablo. But just a reminder that season three, currently untitled, has a release date. Mm. Uh, Diablo 4's next season is starting on January 23rd, according to an update on the game's login screen. Doesn't have a title yet. We're supposed to we're supposed to get some information. I mean, that was that was the deal is they would have a campfire chat, put out the patch notes, let people like commiserate about what they think is dope and what they think needs to go back to the drawing board. And then the things come out and we see what's up. But right now we're I mean, it's it's Sunday. So it's the 14th right now. We're nine days 
from season three. Uh, just for reference, in season one, they revealed the title and details for season two, like halfway through, and we're almost out of here. So, yeah, this is interesting. AFC, do you have any thoughts or expectations for season three? Um, I'm I now I'm so set on this next expansion that I completely just like blocked out of my head season three, but um, no, nah, I don't know where they could go because I mean they went vampires like for that one season, so like it feels like they have like they could go any route. I am curious to see um what boss they decide to roll out because I do like that, that they they give you like a new boss every time around. Um, and so yeah, I'm I'm interested to see where they go. Uh, with that but no nah, i'm not really too i'm kind of just open to see what they do what they add season two was so big and brought so many changes that i'm almost like not expecting that <laughs> um, i'm expecting like fixes um to like you know some of the stuff that they added into the game so i don't have huge expectations for season three but you know blizzard they could always surprise you they could be like hey we rework some stuff of some of the classes added some new abilities in there that would be absolutely awesome but yeah i i don't have high expectations for season three i'm expecting more great diablo it's interesting yeah no man because this, this can go either way either maybe they're really confident what they have and they really want to keep it a surprise <laughs> or maybe <laughs> they're not very confident in it and it says all right let's just let this come out and let it, <laughs> let it be a surprise and then we can just try to troubleshoot along the way instead of having that that run up to misery but no nah, i have faith in blizzard they seem to have it under control they came out the gates swinging for the fences and hitting cars in the parking lot so diablo 4 I'm looking forward to the next season. Looking forward to to doing my barbarian. Got my my necromancer to max level. Second character to level one hundred. Still gotta do my gotta finish off my my druid and my my rogue. But it's barbarian time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice. Looking looking forward to that, especially with that that arsenal system. Just switching weapons, assigning weapons to skills and. Oh man, I'm very excited. <laughs> AMC, am I going to catch you online? Uh yeah, definitely. I, I want to get some more uh, work in, especially with my um, my necromancer. I want to get him to 100 before I start really playing around with other classes. So I'm definitely going to be hopping in, playing playing some more some more Diablo. I love that game. Um, all right. Do you want to get into our most anticipated games of the year, Adev? yes all right so as we do we uh we always have our annual most anticipated games of the year so this being 2024 we go month by one month and we highlight a game doesn't necessarily mean that we're gonna be buying all these games it's just a game that we're either interested in as far as like you know headlines maybe or what it might mean um for the year or just actually a game that you might want to buy so a dub uh is there any game that that comes to note from January that you're looking at, or do you want me to lead off? That comes to note from January. That's a good question. You can lead off if you have one. Let me let me narrow it down. All right, uh, no surprise for me. I am looking forward to 
uh yakuza like a dragon infinite wealth (laughs) this is the uh the follow-up to like a dragon um this is the follow-up to the game that introduced turn-based into um into yakuza and uh yeah it's um you know it has all the humor and everything that you love from uh from yakuza games and i i'm curious to see where they're going because i i own like a dragon still haven't touched it but i've always heard like all these great things about the game and about the series so yeah i am um i'm I'm looking forward to seeing the reaction to this game because it might be the thing that pushes me into you know into yakuza back like to finally pick up like a dragon and start playing it how about yourself is there anything that you know that you're looking forward to or that like comes to mind when you look at uh january well, there's like this this 2D action. I don't know if it's a Metroidvania, but it's this game called Darklight. Uh, this is the write-up over on IG. It says, Darklight is a post-apocalyptic cyberpunk action platformer with intense hack-and-slash combat. Explore the unknown, enhance your abilities with cyberwares, and face off against supernatural entities to seal the dark void and end the eternal darkness. So this came out, it was what? back in 2002 but it's coming out on playstation 4 like in um, january 30th so i'll be able to get that play it on my ps5 and have a blast it has an outstanding art style it's like it's very dark but it's sci-fi and i just like the the visual presentation the uh, the overall depiction of the action and it just had all the content and everything that normally draws me into like the interest of playing something like this. So that's what I'm going to be looking for. I think other people should check it out, especially if you're into 2D side scrollers, Metroidvania, cyber, and this and that. It's che- it's checking all the right boxes. All right. Um also, I want to say a special shout out to Tekken that will be coming in January as well. Tekken Eight, um, not into fighters necessarily, but um, always interested in fighters, especially um, you know leading up to Evo to see you know just the best of the best when it comes to uh, to playing those games. And so Tekken Eight, a game that I, fe- I felt like it's been out because there's just been so many announcements of characters, people going and getting early hands on. Um, demos of uh tekken so i've heard so much about the game and to finally have it come out um i'm i'm interested to see how people take to it because it looks like the roster is pretty solid and now i want to see the uh the full experience and what people think of it and then to see those combos broken out um what's the let's go into february a dub is there a game that that you see that you're interested in actually there's a couple but one in particular that's had my interest for a while is called The Thaumaturge. And we saw a trailer for this. It, it looks like, I don't know, let, let me see what this write-up says. The Thaumaturge is a story-driven RPG with morally ambiguous choices taking place in the culturally diverse world of early 20th century Warsaw. In this world, saluters exist esoteric beings that only thaumaturges can truly perceive and use for their needs and like yeah we're seeing this game it has absolutely amazing art style i'm loving the setting again 
presentation. It's RPG. It's got all these. It has all the mechanics. You're looking at creatures that only you can see, and you're figuring out ways to to fight them and just work through the story. I mean, it's it looks gorgeous. I'm very interested in the gameplay. I want to know more about it. I don't recall when it was revealed, but it's going to be coming out February 20th. So I'm keeping my eye on it, and I advise anybody to check it out. AMC, how about yourself? Uh, I am interested in Helldivers 2 A-Dub. Um, that will be coming out that's in February. February. Yeah, that's going to come out in February. Let me see the exact date. Sorry, I was reading about the game as i was looking it up um it will release on february 8th so early february so that's gonna be um yeah that's coming to playstation uh let me just do i pulled it up real quick just wanted to read it but read about the game a little bit join forces with up to three friends wreak havoc on an alien scourge on alien scourge threatening to the safety of our home planet super earth in this multiplayer co-op shooter super. for ps5 and pc from arrow arrowhead game Studios. so i really enjoyed the first uh hell divers obviously this is has a different perspective it was the first one was top down this is going to be more for this is gonna be from behind the back of the characters but just looking at some of the gameplay i thought the game looked dope um i liked some of the moment-to-moment -moment action how you'll control the hordes with um some of like your bigger attacks like just a hellfire of missiles <laughs> raining on the battlefield yeah. and um yeah i want to see how one how difficult the game is going to be how unforgiving the game is going to be in comparison to the first one and i i am also just curious to see how people take to this because i know that there's been a lot of poo-pooing of you know sony's live service multiplayer initiative and um Helldiver and so I felt like Helldivers was was kind of getting lumped into that category of like uh just another part of that initiative. But I actually think this game looks really good. And um so I am curious to see how at least how the game does. Not necessarily a game that I I, I plan on picking up in February, but you know, they might surprise me. They might put out an excellent game and maybe it might be one of those ones where it's like, hey, if if A dub and E single are interested, maybe I'll hop on with them. But um, I am actually just more curious to see how people take to this game because people love the first one. And so there should be no reason why people would just not like this one outside of maybe the changes. But because of there is this, you know, this push against anything that's not single player, um, I am hoping that this game will get a fair shot because it is also coming out in the same month as another game that's definitely not going to get a fair shot and that's a uh, suicide squad so we got yeah. we got two of these coming out in february <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um let's take a quick break and then we will move on to march all right we are back a dub we've gone through january and february and now we are moving into the month of march um yes. is there anything that comes to mind or do you want me to lead off in the month of march we're, yes. we're starting to get some heavy hitters coming into the game uh one in particular that 100 percent has my eye and will almost 100 percent like 99.997 percent is going to be bought day one it's coming from developer moon studios who you might know for ori and the blind forest as well as ori and the will of the wisp and while this game doesn't have a firm release date, its release window is slated for Q1 2024, and that is no rest for the wicked. So when we saw this trailer, it just had the most unbelievable visuals that 
probably anyone has ever seen for any game, like even above and beyond what they were able to achieve with the Ori titles. I mean, I'm talking very high detailed, amazing lighting, just dark, moody colors, and like brilliant vibrance and stained glass and things of that nature. Uh, unlike Ori being a sort of 2D, 2D HD uh metroidvania type of game this will be more of an isometric action rpg in the style of something like maybe diablo or even a game such as uh what is that curse of the dead gods that's what it to me that's what it bears the most resemblance to so no rest for the wicked it's the next game from the developers of orient blind forest and will the wisp and it's moon studios take on a diablo like action rpg so I hope this means that we're going to be getting loot and leveling and skill progression and the like. Uh, I really hope that this title comes with all of the, the typical trappings of an isometric action RPG of this nature. AMC, any thoughts about this one or would you like to bring attention to something different? Um, it sounds great, but uh, the one I'm looking at is a potential girlfriend game. Yes. Um, that being Princess Peach's Showtime. Uh, this will be coming out March 22nd. So, yeah, one, looking forward to this game because as far as I know, this is the first game that's starring Peach. <laughs> so that's going to be fun. Um, it has a theatrical setting, which it looks like you're just moving through uh, a stage play, if you will. Mm, um, that's which right. It a, yeah, which gives it a different feel. I know like Mario 3 opens up with um, what looks like a, a stage play, but and so you're playing through the game now. But this one looks like you're always going to feel like you're on a stage. Um, you got the write-up for this. Uh, Princess Peach's trip to the Sparkle Theater goes off script when the wicked Grape and Sour Bunch steal the show. Partner with the theater's guardian, Stella, to call curtains on this tragedy by using a powerful ribbon and taking on several starring roles, each with their own look and abilities, transform to fit the role and use show-stopping abilities to save the day. So this is the part that interests me because it does seem like the game's all about your costume changes or maybe as you get to certain points in the game you'll have the costume change so it does say uh it'll be interesting to see how much of a how much agency you'll have with the different costumes because it, it, it's going to come into play as far as puzzle solving when it comes to maybe melee i know that there's a like a kung fu style character so you can you can switch to kung fu peach and, and get off them kicks but then there's detective peach and you can uncover clues there's also a pirate peach who has a sword so you can get your you can get your uh your sword battles going on um so yeah i'm i'm curious to see um how this game comes out because hopefully i'm, I'm assuming nintendo is going to give it you know it's 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 nintendo seal of approval on quality and so this being a princess peach game i really enjoyed you know they have their spinoffs with um, luigi's mansion um and yoshi has had um you know yoshi's own games yarny and all that stuff um nice to see that princess peach is gonna be getting a game oh also uh toad treasure tracker had a game where it was like a the game where you're, you're literally looking for treasure on a diorama 3d style map that you can like spin around and, and move through the puzzles and so i like when they do this because it gives them a chance to try something new with the form but with these characters and so this being a stage play and you being able to you know change your costume to fit the role um i am curious to see one how how this game 
turns out being, but also if it ends up being a potential girlfriend game, because I am marking earmarking it or marking it as a potential game to play with Marissa. So I'm hoping that it does hit the mark. Um, and yeah, it'll be one of those great experiences to have in March with uh, Marissa. So that's why Princess Peach is the game that I'm looking forward to most in March over Dragon's Dogma 2, which should be a great game by all accounts. Um, but yeah, this is the game that, that caught my eye. Um, anything, anything else notable from March or do you want to move on to April? Hey, Dub, did I lose you? I think you're muted. I'm going to pause. All right. A-Dub. A-Dub is unpaused now. Um, <laughs> is there anything else from March that caught your eye or should we keep it moving? Well, something notable to mention, of course, is Stalker 2. And mm. while I, while I don't believe it has a firm release date, it seems to be slated for Q1 2024. So let's see if that solidifies once it's allowed to drive for a little bit. But yeah, Stalker 2, an amazing first-person post-apocalyptic. Just, yeah, man. If you're a fan of, like, Metro or you're just a fan of soccer in general, like, this has been a highlight of the Xbox acquisitions and upcoming games to you know signify what their new first party offerings are going to be about and went quiet for a good while and i imagine for good reason but you know still waiting for that that final project because stalker 2 was looking like something amazing i want to get it in my hands see it for myself yeah uh man i'm looking at april <laughs> you know Light. maybe not everything has been not everything has been announced for april but it is slim pickings in april a dub uh, still some pickings okay what you what you got what's the the thing well i am truly captivated by europa oh. so this game uh, on the moon europa a lush terraform paradise in jupiter's shadow an android named z sets out in search of answers run glide and fly across the landscape solve mysteries in the ruins of the fallen utopia and discover the story of the last human alive so this is scheduled for april 16th and when i saw the trailer for the first time i immediately fell in love with it because it's just this little flying boy is on this moon it's just beautiful and full of life and he's just flying past everything and i don't i didn't see any mystery solving going down but it it was very reminiscent of Studio Ghibli. Like it just looked like a Ghibli film in game form. So yeah, those are two big things for me. Sci-fi, you got just that that optimism, a different kind of character, just a, a young man doing his thing. So that's what I'm all about. And I want to see this game. I want to see how it turns out. I'm very interested in playing it. AMC, what about you for April? um yeah the one that caught my eye because you know it's been a million years since i watched indie game the movie uh we apparently will be getting raid anniversary edition <laughs> which was announced back in 2020 uh for a 2021 release according to the verge so we'll fi finally be getting it in 2024 on april 30th um yeah, so as far as I, I remember watching Indie Game the movie, hearing so much about this game, you know, seeing Jonathan Blow, this is this is also when uh, people were started like, you know, oh, the pretentious developer, video game developer. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah so you know, he he kind of got that got that um, you know he, he got that put on him. But regardless, people did like Braid. People loved Braid, um, and so it's a game that I never played. 
and I have always been interested in. Um, let's see. Um, this is from The Verge. The anniversary edition will offer a bunch of updates that seem like they will improve the core essence of the game without changing too much. There are new hand-repainted graphics. According to a press release, you can swap between the old graphics and the new ones at will. It has improved sound and new mixes and variants of the soundtrack. It also has more than 15 hours of developer commentary from your boy Jonathan Blow and just, Frank. Just talking to you. Yeah, and Frank Cifaldi <laughs> from the Video Game History Foundation. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much it. It's uh, It'll be coming to PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X and S, uh, PC, part of next Netflix's mobile games, subscription, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Netflix, I guess. Um, Netflix, Netflix um, games, they published it, and yeah, and we're, and we're gonna now get an anniversary edition thanks to Netflix. So hey, maybe if you have a Netflix subscription, you can you can get this game for free. Who knows? But um, yeah, this, this is a game that I heard so much about. It was during that you know that big indie like oh what are all these indie games and that people are loving that aren't getting a lot of like mainstream push but like should uh braid was one of the uh the ones that were leading the way with that at the time and along with like what like fez and some other games that were in that, in that movie. Uh, super meat boy i think was also in that um awesome. so yeah uh who made who made fez i know he got a lot of shit too bill fish <laughs> bill fish yeah he, he got a lot of shit after that one not even yeah, uh, not even like attached to his studio just him yeah <laughs> or maybe he never had a studio name maybe he was just developing under his his government name yeah um so yeah i am looking forward to braid as far as april comes a dub how about june what you looking at in June? <laughs> well, for damn, just skipping May. <laughs> oh, yeah, like May, yeah. I'm sorry. Let me, let me for, April, for April, there's one more notable title that I think okay. everyone's going to love. Sandland, man. <laughs> oh. Remember Sandland, the Akira Toriyama game? Oh, that's right. Yes. It's yes. Right. <laughs> okay, yeah based, yeah. based on the manga, uh, in the far future, war has destroyed the entire Earth leaving only a barren wasteland where the supply of water is controlled by the greedy king. <laughs> that, that greed and disgust. Uh, says <laughs> to be coming April 26, PS4, Xbox, PC. I'm get, is this a PS5 logo? I guess it is. It is. Yeah, so Series X and S, PC, PS5, PS4. I love the visuals, man. It's like if Akira Toriyama tried to do Borderlands is where i would say sandland falls so maybe borderlands takes some inspiration from sandlands but i've never heard of this manga or this anime and i i need to track it down and see what it's all about to help me get into the the right state of mind for this game when it eventually comes around i just love the art style always going to be a fan of toriyama yeah, looking forward to seeing how this shapes up. It's got some interesting stuff going on that, you know, it's been a while since I've seen the trailer, so I can't accurately describe what I saw the last time. So do yourself a favor, look up the trailer for Sandland, see for yourself. AMC, how about you? Uh, yeah, that's all I got for uh, for April. Um, all right, so my list is empty for me. What do you, what do you have here's for me? <laughs> so games in June. <laughs> yeah, so you don't have anything in May either. <laughs> yeah. Like it's the like, list, like both I have Game Informer and 
it was a GameSpot, and both just skip right over me. <laughs> so I guess maybe maybe one of those Xbox games will be announced for May. Who knows? <laughs> it's a, that's it's wide open. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> There's yours. You want to do something out to die? <laughs> that's the month to do it. And I don't. Nothing's catching my eye in June either, unless you have anything. In June, no. I mean, there's I have one listed on one site and then two listed on the other site. So I guess the one that uh, catches my eye, if you will, is a uh, it's an expansion. It looks like Destiny: The Final oh, Shape. Oh, um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, the I'm Final Shape. Up. Yeah, the Final Shape looms a nightmarish. I'm on Bungie's site. A nightmare. A nightmarish calcification of reality into the witnesses' twisted design. Embark on a perilous. Journey into the heart of the traveler, rally the vanguard, and end the war of light and darkness. So, yeah, I guess this is the, this is the conclusion of of bunge of a uh, of bungee of a uh, destiny. And um, I mean, I'm not playing destiny at this point, so there's no way I'm touching yeah. this. But um, I know that there is a you know, there's a lot of back and forth. So I'll say this is why it's interesting to me. There's one, there's always the community reaction to Destiny, but this is the last one, so I'm not really sure if people are really going to have a lot of time to complain if this is the sunset to the game. They'll, maybe they'll just be enjoying the final play of it. But I will say this, this is if this is the end of you know Destiny for the foreseeable future until we get like maybe another one, like a Destiny 3 or whatever, um, then I am, I am curious now to see, because Bungie is working on another game, and you know the the stories have been so much. Uh, there's been a lot of negativity when there's discuss about when there's discussion about Bungie right now. At least as far as headlines go, um, even like they were kind of getting some of the crap when it came to uh, was it The Last of Us Online getting um, canceled mm-hmm. because of their expertise on and basically saying, "Hey, this needs time to cook or not put out." Uh, so yeah, um, I am curious to see how this game makes its final splash because this is going to kind of control the narrative about Bungie leading into their next game. So hopefully if they go off on a, on a, on a good note here, this will kind of take some heat off of them for one. And then also, you know, give a little more excitement for what they're going to do next. And I'm, I am curious to see because destiny has been around forever to see how they, you know, how they end at least this current story arc. I am curious to see how people take to that. Cause I'm always interested how, you know, the, the true diehards feel about their games as, you know, as they start reaching their conclusion. Um, It'll be so interesting to see if there's any retrospective, like, you know what, in hindsight, Destiny 2 is kind of all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was a little, were we too harsh <laughs> on Destiny 2? Yeah um all right so we got that for june let's move into august um so the list is getting yeah. really small at this point we we have so basically we we're, we're gonna have that that summer dry spill yeah i mean what's gonna happen is a lot for of now. games still have to be announced and so yeah. obviously the first the first quarter or two a lot of the games have been announced at this point a lot of developers or you know publishers at this point are certain a lineup where they think a game might drop and then they're also seeing where other announcements fall to then kind of you know jockey for position so you know that's why there's not a lot of announcements there are a lot of announced games for 2024 but they haven't been necessarily they haven't been given their slot of release date so yeah my my august is pretty slim a dub um is there a game that jumps out that catches your eye and so far, the only thing there is Black Myth Wukong. Yep, yep, yep. Uh-huh. Exactly. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> looks looks absolutely gorgeous. I'm loving the the Unreal Five glow up that the game got. I mean, the the attention to detail is far exceeds what I'm looking for in just games in general. I just I love games that pay attention to detail. Like if I'm moving through the snow, have the snow deform as I move through it, as I'm swinging my my, my pole, as I'm kicking somebody in the face, as I'm as I'm causing an AOE effect and make it spread out. Like Diablo does that. Like other games do that. Like Kong does that. And it just, oh man, I haven't seen a game that gorgeous. I'm very interested to see what the final product is going to be because this is like the, this is the poster child for the, the Chinese vaporware. But just, <laughs> <laughs> this is the poster child for those, the, what what's looking like it's gonna be a strong relationship between the gaming industry and the Chinese gaming development scene. So yeah, I'm very excited to see how this performs, how this is received, and how it feels when I eventually play it myself. Yeah, I mean that's the only game I have listed on mine as well. And yeah, pretty much everything you said. Um I echo there. It'll be nice uh, to like finally get this one vaporware um you know title get like removed finally from these get games that off the list and that's yeah. the big one where you could be like well black myth wukong came out yeah and then also yeah as as you mentioned this is a chinese developed game so this is going to be kind of one of their first big showcases like as, as far as like um you know what what we can expect from that region when it comes to single player big experiences and it seems like they've made there are a couple of uh, games similar to this that are coming so um, this will be the first uh, impression, if you will, of those that are coming. And I mean, all gameplay has looked pretty good so far. Don't know much about anything else in the game. I know that's based on the, um, you know, the the journey to the West story, which is basically what Dragon Ball Z is based on with the Monkey King or Monkey Prince. So, um, but this is like straight up Monkey, not like just Goku with the tail, a Saiyan with mm -hmm. the tail. Yeah. Uh, so this will be more, I guess, true to the actual novelization. So I, I am, I am interested because I, I never actually read those books. I've always been interested in them. And so, um, if it, you know, if it's in that vein of, um, of the story of the character and everything, uh, I am actually interested from that standpoint. Hopefully, the gameplay and everything else is there uh, meets the mark. And yeah, if it does all that, then I might be playing Black Myth Wukong in my future. Um, so yeah, I am interested from that standpoint alone, and I hope that uh, it it hits the mark because um, that will be a good sign for things to come with the rest of the other titles that have been announced coming from China. Uh, let's see. Um, is there anything else at this point? We're in September now. Oh, you had a big one in September. Got a big one in September. That one, I Warhammer 40k Space Marine Two. Uh, this actually got this actually got delayed into September. So by the you know end of the third quarter, 2024, we're finally going to get our hands on the sequel to one of the most beloved 40k games of all time the the classic space marine admittedly your boy has not played it i've only heard of it however i've seen little bits of it and i'm digging it space marine 2 i've seen quite a bit of i absolutely love the visuals i love the portrayal of the action being able to fight hordes in a third person action 
situation, also having the shooting, bringing out the iconic chain sword. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see what the story is. Um, I've gotten my most serious dose of the sci-fi state of Warhammer through Rogue Trader. And I feel like Games Workshop and the, deve the developers, maybe it's just them, or maybe they get other developers as well, but the developers that are working with them to bring to life the 40K universe and all its iterations and game styles, they're, they're getting into a very strong stride. The content that they're putting out is, I keep telling people they're just like, that one game away from the tipping point where it's like, okay, 40K games are on par with the best the industry has to offer. I think Rogue Trader may have pushed them past that tipping point. I absolutely adore that game. Looking forward to going back to it. But Space Marine 2 looks like it's going to be that, that like high quality, like big marketing type of release that's going to put the Warhammer franchise on the map insofar as the gaming sphere. AMC, any thoughts on Space Marine 2, or do you have another September game? Uh, no, nah, I mean, I'm echoing the same one that's the only game listed on here, but yeah, same thing. I mean, if you play Rogue Trader, and that was like kind of like, hey, like there, there's a little momentum here between Rogue Trader and some of the other games that have come out from the Warhammer, I guess, franchise as of late, and you know, Bolt Gun, a lot of people seem to like that one. And so um, Space Marine looks like pretty good. There, there's, I know I've, I've heard people say actually that they were interested in this one. And so um, I've been looking forward to, you know, my first entry point into Warhammer from a gameplay standpoint um, outside of what Total War. So yeah. uh, on PC. So yeah, um, I am, I am curious. I don't have a first person shooter right now. So that that has my interest too as well. This is a first person shooter, right? Nope, third person. Third person. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. even better. So it's now I get to see my down. space. I get to see my space marine. So, um, see, yeah, covered I, in the blood of the Xenos. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. So I, I'm curious to see. I like. I'm looking forward to seeing this game more of it uh, upon launch, and you know, possibly making room to play it. Who knows? This is coming out in September, so this is a big time for games to come out. Maybe we're not going to have, you know, a COVID fall like how we had uh, last year where just all the greatest games of all time all came out right around within a week of each other. Mm -hmm. um, but this is coming out in September, so it's it's definitely saying something about how they feel about this game if they're comfortable with putting it out right at the, um, you know, the start of fall. So um, I hope that's a good sign for what their expectations are and if they plan, if they, if they meet those, because uh, yeah, it would be great to have an awesome space marine warhammer game yeah. uh so yeah i'm looking forward to seeing how this game comes out the rest of my list is blank as blank other than the to be announced section uh do you see anything for october november or december well, i'm looking q3 2024 baby steps is coming out baby yes <laughs> <laughs> so i think people need to be put on notice about that uh for the final fantasy fans uh, final fantasy 14 online dawn trail is coming out around this time. Lost Records is coming out. That kind of like Life is Strange style game with, uh, I believe there's, there's four young ladies and they just encounter some strange weirdness in the woods and then there's a time skip. So I imagine there's going to be some kind of story in between those two time periods. Uh, people are pretty pumped for Metaphor Refantasio 
Yeah, the first descendant looks awesome. Another Unreal Five game, so that's what I'm looking for. Uh, Is there, I see. I see in the to be announced. There's a a new Cat Quest game coming. You looking forward to that? Cat again? Quest Three, dude. I just saw that and I was like, <laughs> yo, oh, oh. like, like, like that because I gotta, I gotta still get. I still have to get through Cat Quest One. Then yes. of course there's the 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 just smash sequel Cat Quest Two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then Cat Quest Three is coming. Like, um, I'm pretty pumped for that. It looks great. I love the way the map looks. It just Cat Quest on it. Uh, that game, Thirty Three Immortals, is going to be coming out. TBA, mm-hmm. no date. You and Thirty Three of the homies just whooping everybody's ass and top down. <laughs> Final Fantasy Fourteen will be coming to Xbox finally. So that. Oh. Oh. Damn, just, that that <laughs> yeah that player base is just going to get bigger now so and people love final fantasy 14 so that's that's just getting bigger so that'll be that'll be interesting to see how big of a splash that makes when that drops on the playstation on, on the xbox building that stronger relationship with, with square yeah yeah Invading Japan. yeah didn't you girl <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, what I'm, I'm trying to i'm looking around the cat yeah. Cat Quest 3 was the big one for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, there yeah. were some games we missed, like, um, oh, well, Star Wars Outlaws, that doesn't have a definitive date, but yeah. that's coming. And we all, I mean, if you don't know what Star Wars Outlaws is by now, I don't know what to tell you, but we're getting an original Star Wars character. It's going to be taking place on multiple planets. You're going to be able to traverse from the ground to space seamlessly, have starship battles, get chased on your speeder bike, get a wanted level. It's basically Grand Theft Yoda. And I can't wait to get my hands on that. That's, I mean, I hope it comes out this year. It's supposed to come out this year. I really hope it doesn't keep pushback. I need that game more than anything. I think that's my front runner for game of the year. I just need Ubisoft to stick the landing every way possible because that that vertical slice that they showed for the demo was like yes this is it this is we're getting a good run of developers that are making these games where it's like all right you guys have put in the time the effort and have crafted just this this polished feature and content rich nugget of an experience it, i'm here for it so star wars outlaws represents that for me amc you got anything else on this list um yeah flipping through it um let's see uh <laughs> like i saw that no nah, i skip over that skip over that skip over that skip over that uh, Frostpunk 2 coming? Oh. Yeah, I just clicked on that. <laughs> and so, Frostpunk 2, sequel to Frostpunk. I was actually going to talk about that when we were talking about, um, I forget the exact name, but that that strategy game from the makers of, of Civ Five that's going to be at the Microsoft oh, Showcase. Right, right. Or something like that, like RIA yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's coming out, and I was like, yeah, like one of, one of my favorite strategy games that on consoles it looks beautiful absolutely phenomenal it's like it's a different twist and a whole new just feel for this kind of game was frostpunk where you you have this town built built around this reactor and you're going through just the worst imaginable winter 
in in human history and your only goal is to survive to do that you got to build up your town you got to build up ways to to create and disperse heat amongst all your territory you got to keep people employed and working and you know they get injured they get sick they die they they mutiny and situations come up that you got to deal with they remember how you dealt with them they change their perception of you and it, there's a whole lot of like social politics you have to balance along with battling the elements and and building up your city so the sequel to that is 100 going to be a day one purchase for a dub i'm looking forward to frostbump 2 it's the sequel to the highly acclaimed society survival game that blends city building strategy and management gameplay play is the leader of a resource hungry metropolis where the expansion and search for new sources of power is an unavoidable reality yeah dave um yeah i got nothing more i mean um the paper mario thousand year door i think that's supposed to be like the good paper mario game so um i do have a i am interested uh that's probably going to end up in my my backlog like i'll end up just buying it <laughs> and getting to it when i can because i already have so much going on but yeah um that's only uh, the only other really notable one i'm sure there's i'm missing a ton I, we discussed avowed in all those other games earlier but um we yeah, got there's Hades um, two going into early access. Oh yeah, Hades two. That's right. Um, Apparently, there's going to be a sequel to Greedfall. Yeah, I never played the. Uh, I think I got it on PS Plus, but I never played it. Likewise. Yeah. Hyperlight Breaker. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. Let's see. Uh, that's that's all I got there. A dub. Yeah, I could scan through this list and continue to pull out some some potential bangers. But I think that about covers it. I mean, the big thing is let's let's see what's going on with this Microsoft showcase. You know, they're gonna show us those four games. Hopefully, Indiana Jones sticks the landing. Hopefully, you know, the the strategy game is is a nice alternative to the sim experience that you can only get on the Xbox. All in all, they're gonna be they're gonna be showing us a little bit of stuff we've seen before, but they're also gonna be showing us a little bit of stuff we haven't seen yet. You know, I'm I'm pumped for that, but there are other people who aren't so pumped. There are other people who are deflated, dejected, (laughs) and determined to detest anything that Microsoft has to offer. We got Troll of the Week, 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 Week. Today's Trolls. Coming sideways at the Xbox showcase before it has even showcased. First, Joel says, I wish I could say I cared. LOL. I think I'll just pick up the highlights on this one. Next, Troll. What is Sony's next first party banger? A $10 upgrade for a PS4 game. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, taking a, a little jab at. The Last of Us Part Two Remaster. Gonna get that ten dollar upgrade for the P- people who have the PS4 version. So I want your boys excited about that. I've been wanting to play The Last of Us Two on my new television, but I was really waiting for like a, a spruce it up a little bit, gussy it up. I was waiting for some of that. But this next show is saying the shadow drop will be that they're going third party. <laughs> 
Yeah, like in a lot of the comments I was reading, people are really on this shadow drop business. I think Xbox might have shot itself in the foot, shadow dropping Hi-Fi Rush, because now people are coming to expect that kind of behavior from them. <laughs> Speaking of, looks like Hi-Fi Rush is coming to other consoles. Soon, Xbox will go third party and Microsoft will no longer make consoles. In the end, Sony and Nintendo win as always. Where did you get any of this? <laughs> like, I know that there was there was some leaks and some information, but I don't see Xbox going third party anytime soon. I mean, I see them opening up some of their first party titles to more platforms and allowing them to go multi-platform. But I don't see them becoming just some publisher while Sony and Nintendo continue to, to rule the roost. I don't know about that. Next show says, Xbox games suck. Everything they make is awful, pointless, and no one wants to play those games. But I'm excited for Xbox to go third party so I can play all those awful, pointless, sucky games on my PS5. <laughs> pointless and sucky. Pointless and sucky. Can't wait to play them on my preferred console. <laughs> Can't wait to spend money on <laughs> I mean, we were just talking about that. The people who... Like they want everything on their console, but they don't want anything on their console to go to other consoles. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. Next show says, wow, more indie trash. Who gets excited for these games? And the last show says, the shadow drop is all the Xbox consoles dropping off at the landfill. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> the L boxes at the landfill. That's cool. Oh, uh, well, AMC, I mean, you you often say best. There's always this race to the bottom to hate whenever there's something new <laughs> announced and you know, ready to be shown. People always gotta come out the woodwork and try to stake their flag in the most acerbic joke that they could possibly author. So this is no different. Uh, these dudes, y'all know what y'all talking about. Xbox <laughs> about to show y'all just a little bit of the heat that's coming up for their 2024 year. And you know, there it's there's more to come. Like they're I think they're getting through the awkward stage of the acquisitions, especially now that more of the titles that the studios they purchased were developing at that time have gotten out. And we're gonna start seeing the first party stuff like in a big way so this is a very important time for xbox they get to just clean that slate and then start working on their their internal cohesion and really what their voice is for this generation as well as beyond amc you got anything for these trolls nah i mean i agree completely with you and you know i played cuphead i played ori on my switch um I don't think it was at a, at a loss for Xbox. If anything, it would got me interested in Xbox, and that's what you want to do. You want to give people a taste, and then say, "Hey, come over here if you want to play play some of the big boy games that we also have." Yeah, so, um, bro. Yeah. Also, it's a rumor. We don't even know if it's true. <laughs> so let's just wait it out. Let's see uh, before we jump to conclusions. So, uh, but yeah, um, yeah. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. These people are just. Hating the hate, the usual, the usual. You said it all perfectly, so I have no no much more to add. These people can can go home and and cry about their about losing exclusives that yeah. that that should be state that should stay behind the walled garden. Yeah, how how dare they give people 
more people ways to spend money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's all I got. Hey, Dub, do you have anything else before we get out of here? Nah, man. I'm all out of topics. I'm all out of belly bitching. You know how it goes. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. You are Control Issues. Thanks for Control issues!